Good afternoon. I'm Daniel Guest, and welcome to the Imagine Golf Podcast, brought to you by Imagine Golf and PXG. You can go to our site, imaginegolf.com, to see all of our offerings, including our free drills, our practice plans, our golf ebooks and videos, or to book a lesson with me at our state-of-the-art studio right outside of Philadelphia, or virtually through our partner, golfliveapp.com. And you can sign up for our free tips and videos that go out once a week, every week, by simply dropping us your email. Hey, real, really easy topic today. Um, it's uh, the top fundamentals needed for a great golf swing. And um, I came to this topic because uh, I, I work with a lot of beginners, and they're constantly uh, asking me, hey, wh- you know, what do I need to work on? What do I need to work on? Or, or they're Googling, or they're, they're on YouTube, or whatever. And, and I, I'm amazed with some of the, the things they come back with, right? <laughs> they watch this crazy video, and they're like, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working on my club lag, or I'm working on uh, you know, compressing the golf ball, you know, all, all these, these things that uh, you know, aren't germane to a, uh, a great golf swing when you're brand new, right? Um, so I, I wanted to come up with us just a, a clean, if you would, top 10 fundamental list that will really put you on a path uh, for good golf. So um, I mentioned that I work with a lot of beginners. About 33, 35% of our 4,500 plus students are beginners. And uh, that's a big chunk. And and I love working with them because, um, well, candidly, it's easy to get them going, right? (laughs) You know, if you don't know anything about golf, you don't have any bad habits. uh, It's easy to get you on the road to hit good golf shots. Um, But the... uh, the drive, if you would, and the excitement that one has when they're brand new to game to the game and they can't swing a golf club to save their life. Um, and all of a sudden they're starting to hit, you know, shots like they never hit before and further than they've ever even imagined. Um, just just that that look on their face and the excitement that that those beginners uh, exude is, is a lot of fun. All right. Not that uh, working with you, uh, you really good golfers and you middle of the road golfers, that's fun as well. But there is something unique uh, about working with new golfers. So um, if you're brand new to the game, look, I, I've said this a million times, um, this to anyone that listens for that matter, <laughs> but, uh, look, you know, the best advice I could give new golfers is take a lesson, right? Golf is a crazy hard game, create harder than any other game I've ever played, any other sport I've ever played. Um, it's just crazy hard. So, you know, get, get yourself a lesson, get yourself a teacher that doesn't mind working, um, with, with newbies, if you would, some, some instructors don't enjoy it. Uh, you know, there's, there's thousands of them out there, um, that don't enjoy working with newbies, if you would. So, but find yourself a teacher, um, that knows what they're doing, that enjoys working with, with new, new golfers and newbies and, uh, and, and take that lesson because that'll put you on a path at least to, you know, getting you started, put you on a path with some fundamentals that you, you can figure out on your own, but it would take a lot of trial and error. So let me give you my top 10 list here. First is your grip, right? It's the only thing that connects you to the club. You've heard that a million times. We break it down and imagine uh, golf to two things, right? Your lead hand and your trail hand. So the first one, uh, fundamental number one, is your lead hand, right? You've got to have that lead hand and that club in the fingers, right? Not the palm of your hand. And that's not going to feel too comfortable. You're going to want to put every other sport we play, you know, baseball, we put it uh, in the palm of our hands. Hockey, we put the stick in the palm of our hands. Tennis, we put it in the palm of our hands. So it, golf is different. You need that club um, in the fingers, right? And you need to have your arms, right, hang straight down or, or just naturally down. They're not, they're not perfectly parallel to the golf club, right, or straight out in front of you, if you would. So your hands are hanging down and the grip is in your, in your fingers, and, and that's not always comfortable for people. 
you want your left hand if for, and by the way all the drills or excuse me all the podcasts i do and talk about drills i do it from the perspective of a right-handed golfer so for right-handed your lead hand is going to be your left hand right your left hand that when you grip that club in the fingers that thumb is going to want to go straight down the shaft that's going to feel natural right and that's not good that's a weak grip right so we want you to turn that thumb so that the thumb the lead hand on your or your left hand that lead thumb is a little bit on the inside of the golf club think one o'clock right and if you'll do that then your lead hand is in a good spot right um, there's no gap in between your fingers um, you know you you get it right um, the second fun so that's your first fundamental just your lead hand right you grab you place the club in the pads of your hand in the fingers you put that thumb straight down the shaft and you turn it to one o'clock and you're going to feel some tension in your in your fore, left forearm there. And that's a good lead hand, all right? The second fundamental is your trail hand, right? Or your right hand in this case, right? Same thing. You're going to put that trail hand grip, right, in the pads or in the fingers, if you would, right, of your hand, not the palm. And this time that thumb likewise is going to want to close down the middle of the shaft, right? You're going to move that to 11 o'clock. So on the lead hand, where you have your thumb on one o'clock or the inside of the shaft, on your trail hand, you're gonna move it to 11 o'clock and you're gonna have that thumb on the in, or excuse me, the outside of the club, right? So inside for the lead hand, outside for the trail hand, right? And again, that may not feel natural, all right? But it's proper, right? We're huge fans at Imagine, all right? And I, I highly recommend everyone connect your hands, right? Even if it doesn't feel good, but connect your hands in really one of two ways. You're going to either interlock your index finger on your left hand with your pinky on your right hand, or you're going to overlap, right, one of the two. You're either going to overlap your pinky, right, and your right hand pinky into the index finger, or you're going to, and that's really, really the only way we recommend to be honest. So you're either going to interlock them or you're going to overlap them, but they got to be connected. If they're not connected, the brain sees them as two uh, individual units, if you would, each, each hand independent of itself. And your golf swing tends to be more risky. All right. Um, are there successful golfers out there that have what's called a baseball grip with all 10 fingers? There are. Are there a lot of them percentage wise? There are not. So even if it feels uncomfortable in the beginning, I highly recommend you connect your hands. So that's fundamental one and two. Fundamental three is your posture. You've got to have good posture, right? Um, I, I see too many people bent way over, their face almost looking straight down at the golf ball, head straight down, chin on their chest, straight down looking at the golf ball, a big C bend in their back, um, the knees not bent, knees bent too much. You know, you get the idea, right? So you've got to have decent posture. And what's decent posture? Look, it's simple. You're going to stand with at attention and you're going to bend your knees slightly. What slightly mean? Well, if you look down and your knees are over the middle of your feet, that's good, right? Where the middle of your, where your shoelaces are, that's good. If they're not, if there's two, if they're bent, if you're standing straight up, that's not good posture, right? Starts there with your legs, right? If your knees are, are so bent that you can't see the toes of your shoes, if you would, right? You're, you're crouched down. You're almost sitting down, if you would. That's too much. That's bad posture, right? You want to bend at the waist, right? You don't need to round your back. You just stand up, take a little bit of a knee bend, like we just said, and then bend at the waist slightly, right? Your head should be up, 
your shoulder should be back, right? We're not looking straight down at the golf ball. I always say to people, look through the look to the golf ball like you're looking through the bottom of your lenses of, of glasses. If you have sunglasses, example, look as if you're looking through the bottom of those lenses, if you would. That's going to get your chin off your chest. That's going to put you in a good, proper posture, all right? It, very few golfers, short of the ones that have some kind of physical disability, can hit consistent golf shots with poor posture, right? So make sure you have a good posture. Your stance is number four. I see all kinds of people, beginners uh, for the most part, but all kinds of golfers with some crazy stance, right? It's either too, too wide, too short. You know, they vary it on different clubs significantly. Um, and it's just, it's all over the place, right? So what's a good uh, width, stance width? Well, your shoulders, right? The keep this in mind. The more that you widen your stance, so, you know, if, 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 the, if the recommended stance that we recommend is shoulder width apart, and you start widening that past your shoulder width, you limit the ability to turn, okay? If you decrease that width, then you limit your ability to keep your balance while you're swinging a golf club at 80 miles an hour plus, right? So start with shoulder width apart. Um, do we change that for certain clubs? We absolutely do. But for now, let's keep everything, right, at about shoulder width apart and just get a feel for what that feels like, all right? So that's number four. Number five is your backswing path. You've got to pay attention to that backswing and ultimately, that backswing is straight back. And what I mean by that is, Ben Hogan famously said, he can tell if you're a good golfer from the first 12 inches of the backswing, right? Your takeaway. He doesn't even have to see you swing. He just has to see you take the club away. And there's been a lot made lately because there's a bunch of different training aids out there to talk about and help just that. So you're going to bring the club straight back about 12 inches. And then you're going to rotate your torso to the top of your backswing. Let your hands naturally go up. And you're going to think wide, not high, right? So we're not just taking the club straight up in the air like a pendulum, if you would. You're taking the club around you. So again, think wide and around your body. Think turning your torso. You know, the, I always famously heard, you know, John Jacobs said, you know, famous instructor, right? The upper body twists, the lower body resists. All right, so that should give you a good visual. The upper body twists, the lower body resists. So you're going to swing back on that uh, plane, if you would, and get those hands in that club behind you. All right, that club, by the way, at the top of your backswing, that club should be at about a 70 to 75 or even 80 max uh, angle, if you would. If it's at 90 degrees straight up in the air, you're not likely going to hit a good golf shot ever. Right, you may figure it out every once in a while. All the planets align. I get it, and you'll crush one. But your consist, your likelihood of being consistent with a high and straight up in the air club is not going to be good. So pay attention to that backswing path and backswing width, if you would. Right. All right. Number and that's number five. Number six is the length of that backswing. All right. Amateurs and newbies tend to be conservative in their length of backswing because they fight control issues. And what I mean by that is they feel like they lose control of their swing the bigger the backswing length is, right? So what's, what's a good length, if you would? Well, I think that depends on the golfer, right? But clearly, you want to experiment with a bigger backswing than a smaller backswing. It's hard to generate power without having a club head speed or power 
it's hard to generate that with having a short backswing. Now, what's nice, what's interesting about that, there's several golfers on tour. Tony Finau comes to, comes to uh, mind. Uh, John Rahm definitely comes to mind. Um, these two professional golfers on tour have a distinctly short backswing, and they're excellent golfers, all right? But if you're listening to this podcast, you're not on tour, and you're not likely to go on tour anytime soon, right? So let's try to lengthen that backswing just a bit. But it certainly depends on your flexibility level, right? And you don't want to swing, you don't want to be focused so hard on a long backswing or a big backswing so that it takes you out of out of sequence or out of our natural rhythm, if you would, to come through the ball. But definitely start experimenting with a longer backswing than a shorter backswing, especially for newbies. That's number six. Number seven is your downswing, right? How do you get that club down to the ground? Right. So once you're all set up, right, you got good posture, you got a good grip, you got a good stance, you're you're in a good position. The ball's in the center of your stance, by the way, right? For most clubs, right? You're gonna worry about, hey, that downswing. What does that downswing look like? Right. And while it may be counterintuitive, you do not need to get underneath the golf ball, right? To lift it. You don't need to lift the golf ball. You have to hit down on that golf ball, right? So talking about hitting down on it brings a whole different uh, set of issues to most most amateurs and most newbies. They think they got to slam down on the back of that golf ball. So for a right-handed golfer, that means the right hand normally slams the club down and produces what's called an over-the-top or out-to-in swing. We don't need that, right? On the downswing, I want you to think about swinging. In, you know, we're in a height of baseball right now, baseball playoffs, right? I want you to think about swinging to right field, right? And if you want to be more specific to that, uh, specific than that, think about swinging to one o'clock. So if noon is right in front of you, right? Or the ball is, the target is noon. I want you to think about swinging away from your body to one o'clock. What will that do? Well, that'll create more of an inside to outside path, which is the, one of the biggest six secrets of success in golf, swinging from the inside to outside, right? So your downswing from the top of your backswing, right? Once you've turned back and the club is at the top of the backswing, as you pull that club down, because you're pulling, you're not pushing, you're lowering your hands, you're going to swing to one o'clock, all right? That's all you need to think about, right? One o'clock and release that club through the golf ball, all right? So that's number seven. Number eight is the proper release or your follow through. Golf doesn't stop at impact. You've got to follow through and you've got to follow through on the correct path, right? So what we see with a lot of amateurs and especially newbies is that once they make impact with the golf ball, they jerk the club to the left, right? And that creates a, a, a cross the ball pattern, right? Which now the ball is going to go to the right, right? So what we want to do is we want to hit through the golf ball, right? So we're squaring the club up at impact. We're hitting through the golf ball and we're letting the club naturally go on the path that it's designed to go on. So if you think of the, the backswing downswing and follow through as a big semicircle, right? So the same amount of that semicircle that you did on the backswing, you're going to do on the follow through and on the downswing, right? Then that, that gives you a picture, right? At big semicircle, you're going to try to keep that equal, right? And that's called your swing plane, right? But you're going to follow through and release the club like it naturally wants to let it go. Right. So if you're hit swinging to one o'clock, let that club go through to one o'clock and then naturally come around you. All right. I always joke with people, but it's no joke. If we take kids and we do this at our driving range, that's 
um, specifically to kids only. But during our summer clinics, one of the fa- most favorite things that these kids do is in the very beginning is we ask them to throw a golf club into the driving range. You heard that right. Throw the golf club into the driving range. Because what that does is, and, and here's what they do. They grab it by the grip, right? They grab it left hand on the top, right hand at the bottom of the grip. They take a running start, maybe two or three steps, right? They take a big backswing, big looping backswing. They turn their upper body, in other words, and they really underhandedly almost try to toss that club as far as they can into the field of play or into the driving range. Well, there you have it. That's the backswing. I mean, that's your golf swing, right? That big looping backswing, right? And then just releasing the club as long on its natural path so they can throw it as long as they want, right? So that's that it's it's a fun exercise because it immediately imprints into the student, if you would, especially younger students. Hey, that's what it's supposed to feel like, right? So you're gonna release that club, right? Similar to that, as almost as if you're throwing the club uh into the driving range, if you would. All right. Number nine, so that's number eight. Number nine is speed, right? You've got to have some speed to hit a golf ball, right? You don't have to swing out of your shoes, right? You don't even have to swing hard, right? But you have to swing proper, right? With the proper amount of speed. And, and the reason I bring that up is because when you're new to golf, you're you're either in one of two camps. You're either swinging so crazy hard that you can't keep control and you just want to crush the golf ball and you guys know who you are, right? Or you're so tentative that you're barely swinging at like, you know, 50%, 40, 30, whatever the percentage is of what you can swing a golf club, right? So a good rule of thumb is swing between 70 and 80% of what you could maximum swing, right? And there, there's your natural swing speed. Between 70 and 80% of what you could maximum, th- you know, throw that club out, right? If you, can, if you could swing at 90, if you could swing, let's call it for the sake of numbers, 100 miles an hour, Right. And most most anybody could swing at a and I wouldn't say most anybody, but if you're if you're young and if you're in shape and you're you're flexible, you can swing a golf club at 100. Right. You may not be able to swing a pitching wedge at 100, but you can swing a driver at 100 miles an hour. Right. So if, if that's what your maximum is, then dial that down between 70 and 80 miles an hour or 70 to 80 percent. And that's your go to swing. All right. So speed is important because the the club head speed. All right. Amongst some uh, some other things will determine the ball speed and the ball speed determines how far it's going to go. So we have to have a speed component in our fundamentals, right? You just can't get up there and have varying speeds for every single shot that you take, right? Or varying swing speeds. You can't have a varying shot every single time. You've got to have a basis. So we talked to a lot of our our, our beginning golfers um, about just this fundamental number nine, which is the speed component. And last but not least is balance, Right. Because none of this matters, right, if you can't swing within balance, okay? So especially in the game of golf where it's not an everyday motion, right? There's nothing that you'll do in the golf swing that you'll do when you go home at night. You know, you know if, if some, your, your, uh, your partner says to you, hey, will you grab the, uh, you know, the, uh, the salt or whatever? Hey, <laughs> will you grab that, that soda can behind you? Will you grab, you know, a plate out of the, out of the um, uh, cabinets, if you would, right? You're not going to turn like you do in a golf swing and get that plate or get that soda for them, right? There's nothing in your day-to-day life, right, that's going to um, emulate a golf swing. So you've got to be able to do all of this in balance, right? 
balance is, I've heard this said, you know, uh, pretty, pretty succinctly here. Balance is the glue that holds all the fundamentals together. So let me say that again. Balance is the glue that holds all these fundamentals together. Look, you can have the perfect setup. You could have the perfect swing, the perfect speed. But if you lose your balance, you're going to ruin the contact, right? If you, you know, everything else, you check all the boxes, right? And that balance, you know, is, is uncomfortable to you, you know, but you're fighting it, right? You'll hit a great shot every once in a while, but you'll certainly won't be consistent. So you've got to have decent balance, right? Um, that's really it. Those, those are the 10 fundamentals. And it, it sounds like an easy list, but it really isn't, all right? And you've got to work on them, right? I mean, we, we, we recommend Ben Hogan's five fundamentals to every one of our students, every one of them. So every one of our students has been recommended that book. Um, in our lesson recaps, we give a lesson written recap to every student after every single lesson they take. It's recommended there as well. So um, I would like to believe about 90% of our students buy the book, right? Either on audio or the actual book. Um, and he spends uh, chapters on some of these. He spends a whole chapter just on the grip. Right, he talks about practicing your grip. Right, <laughs> and while that may sound fundamentally crazy, hey, I got I got to practice my grip at home. Right, it, it it again, it's the only thing that connects you to the club. Right, and if you have an improper grip, right, if you have a crazy weak grip, if you have a crazy strong grip, if you have just a grip that's just flat out crazy, you cannot hit consistent golf shots. You just can't do it. Right, so it, it's important that these fundamentals don't go. Um, unnoticed, if you would, for lack of a better, right? It's important that you work on them, right? So let's just go over them just in summary really quick. The first one is your lead hand grip or your left hand grip. The second is your right hand grip for a right-handed golfer or your trail hand grip. The third is your posture. You've got to have good posture. The fourth is your stance width. It's got to be appropriate and we recommend shoulder length apart, shoulder width apart, I should say. Your backswing path. Right, it's got to be appropriate, and it's got to start 12 inches straight back, and then think wide around you. Your backswing length, while the length is going to depend, we want you to we want you to work on lengthening that. Right, trusting your swing. You're going to hear that over and over again, um, but trusting that swing. So that length, all right, has to be consistent. And I want you to swing and uh, effectively when you start. I mean, make it bigger than smaller. All right, don't be conservative. Your downswing is number seven. You've got to swing from the inside to the outside, right? And that, that brings that club to one o'clock. So on your downswing, from the top of that backswing down to the impact of the golf ball, you're swinging towards one o'clock. Number And that's number seven. Number eight is your release. You want to let that club release naturally. And again, you want it to continue to release past the point, probably about another six to 12 inches past the golf ball towards one o'clock before you start bringing it around your body or following through, right? Um, we mentioned earlier in the podcast, we mentioned a semicircle. Think about the entire swing as a big semicircle and the release, the proper release is the second half of that semicircle. That's number eight. Number nine is your speed. You have to have good speed and consistent speed, right? And proper speed for that matter, right? And that's probably about 70 to 80% of what your maximum could be. Okay? You're never swinging out of your shoes, right? And you're not never trying to swing a golf club at 100%. You should change to if, as an example, if you're swinging your 8 your 8 iron normally goes 130 yards and you're trying to swing that much faster to make it go 140 or 150, the better course of action would be to change clubs, 
hit a seven iron, hit a six iron, right? At six, at 70 or 80%, rather than trying to make your eight iron go 20 yards further. So um, common sense, but when you're new, um, a lot of people don't. And by the way, a lot of, a lot of amateurs in, in general <laughs> don't pay attention to that. And then the last one is simply your balance, right? You've got to, you got to do all this within proper balance, right? So how do you get all these fundamentals? Well, you take a lesson from a pro that you, you, uh, you did some research on and they know what you're doing. Um, you listen to our podcast, right? Uh, you take a virtual lesson with me. Um, uh, here's what you don't do, right? You don't go to YouTube and start Googling all these things because you're going to get 10, 20, a million different versions of, uh, of the proper setup from a lot of different people with good intentions. All right. So, uh, I'm not, we're not a fan of that at Imagine Golf. I'm not personally a fan of that. So get to someone you trust, right. Um, and go over these, right. Um, you could drop us a note here and, and in the notes here or uh, DM us, uh, if you have any questions, right. You want to send me a picture, text me a picture, um, whatever, email me a picture of your grip of your stance of your entire swing. We get hundreds of, uh, of swings, uh, sent to us on a weekly basis, right? And I try to get back to each one of them and there's no charge for that. So if you want to uh, take us up on that, um, please do, all right? We're we're in the business to help. And um, I assure you, if, if any one of these fundamentals is not proper, you're not going to be able to have as much fun as you, as you want to have and as you could have um, <laughs> in the golf swing, all right? So look, that's all I have today. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, Hit the follow button wherever you get your podcast. Please um, be sure to check out our, our website, which is imaginegolf.com. And that's I-M-A-G-E-N, golf.com. And you can follow us. We're on all the social media platforms. Thank you for your continued support. Um, as I mentioned before, we're over 100,000 downloads, which is a really big milestone for us and for anyone. Um, but we really appreciate um, all you listeners out there and, and all of our students and really everyone that plays this great and, and fun game. So here's to getting you the game and the swing that you've always imagined.